BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Welcome back to the Tom Hartman Program, broadcasting on commercial radio stations from coast to coast on Sirius XM all across the North American continent, on Pacifica stations across America, Europe, and Africa, on American Forces Radio and every U.S. military base in the world, on your electronic device via TuneIn, Progressive Voices, Tom Hartman app, and simulcast as television via Free Speech TV network on Dish Network, DirecTV, and cable systems all over the country. Our old buddy Alex Lawson, the executive director of Social Security Works, the owner, host, producer of We Act Radio in Washington, D.C., affiliate that carries our program. SocialSecurityWorks.org, of course, is the website. Uh, Alex's personal uh, uh, Twitter handle is ALaw202. To discuss and take your questions on Medicare and or Social Security, there's there's, uh, the whole Medicare for all thing. And the fact that right now we're just sliding into the open enrollment period for Medicare, I believe it starts on November 1st, is producing millions of dollars worth of television ads and all kinds of stuff. Alex, welcome back to the show. Tom, thanks for having me. First of all, open enrollment is imminent, which is why we're seeing you know millions of dollars worth of ads for Medicare Advantage or Medicare Part C, as they prefer to call it. November 1st. Yeah, which is also the uh, the beginning of the open enrollment period for Obamacare also. And, and a number of states are going to actually see their Obamacare premiums go down. So, you know, if you're not Medicare age, but you do need insurance, that's something to know about as well. I regularly uh, go on rants suggesting that Medicare Advantage uh-huh. is destroying Medicare, basically. It's, it's siphoning resources away from Medicare. About 20% of those resources that it siphons off goes to the profits and the executive salaries of big health insurance companies who run these Medicare Advantage programs or Medicare Part C programs. That's really not Medicare. You give up your Medicare when you go on these programs. And I got a call from someone who said that Every state has a program. The one in Washington is called Sheba, where you've got volunteers who are really well trained. Part nine of the Medicare and You book that just went out to everybody around the country describes these programs. They're toll free. These are not salespeople for health insurance plans or anything like that. And that speaking with one of these people who called in yesterday said that the advisor had said that in some parts of Washington state, there are Medicare Advantage programs. If you don't travel a lot or, you know, if you're just going to hang out in that area that are actually better than being on Medicare, whereas in other places there's, you know, Medicare is better than Medicare Advantage. Does that make any sense to you? Um, so this is a, a- 
tricky issue, and I think your rants are fundamentally correct. And sort of the reason I think I had in my head October 15th is that because it's such a complex issue, we start getting our information ready to send out, as, as you know, when we start talking about this. You get a, an immense amount of questions that are pretty specific to a person's uh, individual setup. I'm not trying to dodge your question, Tom. I want to be clear that it's so complex, uh, and, and that's part of the problem. That's why we do need to move to a Medicare for All system, improved Medicare for All, uh, because there are situations where, based on a person's current health, um, the travel thing is interesting, and you bring it up, but I don't think everybody knows this. Medicare Advantage is really uh, only a state-based thing, like private insurance. Um, you have different insurers offering this, and so there's different plans. So it really isn't good uh, if you are um, going, if you're traveling uh, or uh, otherwise, um, uh, tr- if you're travel for work or if you take vacations often, Medicare Advantage is not going to be a good fit for you because it actually has a network uh, like like private insurance because it is private insurance where Medicare, traditional Medicare, uh, you can see any doctor or provider that accepts Medicare. Anywhere in the um, country. So yeah. Anywhere in the country. Right. Whereas um, with, this, with, with certain with, medic- Go ahead. With certain Medigap programs, you can. It's actually, you know, even international. Um, so, the fact is, it's so complex, and you know, the health insurers, the private insurers, want it that way, so that it confuses people. That's part of their marketing strategy. This is a feature, not a bug. The complexity. Exactly. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning, Alex, because somebody called yesterday and said, would you make a video that tells me, you know, everything I need to know about Medicare? Let's start at the beginning. Medicare started in the 1960s. It came out of the Lyndon Johnson Great Society program. And Robert Ball put this program together. Robert Ball later told his friends and wrote that the idea that he had discussed with Lyndon Johnson was that we'll pick up people over 65 because the health insurance companies really don't want them. They're more expensive. And so we'll pick them up as a government program. And then once everybody understands how well it works, we'll start lowering the eligibility age over a period of you know maybe a decade so that eventually everybody in the United States is on Medicare or at least has Medicare available to them. Does that comport with your understanding of the system and this 20% hole that was built into Medicare, or at least into Medicare Part B, I guess it is, that was the price that Democrats had to pay to get some Republicans' support for this thing. The Republicans were saying, and some of the conservative Democrats, were saying, well, people have to have skin in the game or they'll abuse their benefits. But really what it was, was we want to provide a space where private for-profit health insurance companies can step in and make some money off this Medicare thing. Do I have all that right? You do. And um, I'm, I'm just going to keep agreeing with you. You know this issue so well. I will say that Bob Ball, who was the mentor of Nancy Altman, the president of Social Security Work, also discussed one other way of going about this, which was a Medicaid program covering all kids, Medicare covering seniors, because it's completely true that insurers, as soon as a person hits 65 before Medicare, they would start figuring out ways to throw them off the rolls because people over the age of 65 are not profitable. Um, so it wasn't like 
we created Medicare, you know, because out of the goodness of our hearts, it was because there was literally no other option there. Right. Um, so create Medicare, then Medicaid, and then lower the age on one and uh, raise the age on the other until everyone's covered. Both of those were discussed. But the thing that was never discussed was that Medicare would um, become a static program that only covered seniors. Uh, and in fact, that then they'd uh, add Medicare Advantage, which would be just private insurance uh, right. subsidized by the taxpayers. So let's but talk. Let's talk. Holes that are drilled. The holes that are drilled into Medicare are exactly what you said. Those are the price that was exacted through the process of enacting Medicare to get the vote. So they drilled holes in it that could then be filled uh, by private industry, and they wouldn't have to assume the risk. The big risk would be assumed by the taxpayer, and they could just basically extract some profits. Right. So let's talk about Medicare Advantage. My understanding is the Medicare Advantage was created. It was called Medicare Part C. Uh, it was created in the during the Bush administration, the George W. Bush administration. I think 2005 sticks in my head. And that it was sort of like, you know, your local school district authorizing charter schools. Yes, we'll allow for-profit private schools to come in as an experiment. Let's see how it works. And of course, the private schools come in, but we're going we're gonna to subsidize them. We're going to make sure they never lose money because we want them to be successful. And so the private schools are getting the same amount of money as the public schools, but the private schools are able to say, you know, we're only going to pick the really good students and let them go. And then go into our programs and the poor students have to stay in the public schools. We won't let them in. And 10 years down the road, the private schools have spectacular looking results and the public schools look like they're failing. And at that point, people say, yeah, screw the public schools. Let's have more private schools, you know, thinking, not realizing that this was an intentional dynamic. In your opinion, was Medicare Advantage brought about with that same mentality, that same idea? Here's a way to destroy Medicare. Absolutely. Um, there's no doubt about it. The only the only thing I would add to your description which was spot on is that it was also uh, created and it was sold with a uh, saying that it was going to be more efficient than Medicare. That in fact, it would save Medicare money, that the uh, miracle of the marketplace would save money, which is often how they sell, you know, looting public resources and turning them over to their. Well, has it saved any money? Uh, on Wall know, Street. What has absolutely we, not it. It, it costs way more than traditional Medicare. We have to subsidize every dollar that goes into uh, Medicare Advantage. We, uh, so if you, if you do it dollar for dollar, traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage, we have to spend more than a dollar on Medicare Advantage to match Medicare. It costs more money. We literally just pay more. And let me make it easy, like how the con works. So it started failing, and they're like, oh, we need to, to uh, you know, support it because people love it. So now we need, and these aren't the numbers, but it's just to make it simple. We need a dollar and ten cents for every dollar that traditional Medicare gets. And then what they do is they take that ten cents, and they do actually give two cents of the dime to the people. And then they keep eight of those cents. So it's just an automatic process. So that's how these programs are able to say, we'll offer dental or we'll offer hearing aids and things. Eyeglasses, exactly. Right, they're taking that two cents. But we're all, the, the entire nation, through our payroll taxes, we're subsidizing that. And just through our taxes in general. So as, well. as a, as a exactly consumer, right. shouldn't I say, well, hey, I don't care how it gets subsidized. If I can get dental, I'll go for it. 
here's the asterisk. There are bells and whistles, and some people should look at this and say, you know, having eyeglasses or something like that, I'm very into that. And my own health status, I'm pretty healthy. I don't travel very much. There are situations where that might make sense because you got the bells and whistles, and there are bells and there are whistles. But the problem is you pop the hood, and under the hood is just a regular old insurance plan. And that means there are networks. You can't see whatever doctor or specialist who accepts Medicare you want. Now, some of them claim you can. I saw an ad on TV the other day that said that you can see any doctor that takes Medicare. First of all, this is the problem with private insurance, right? Then at the end of it, it's like all plans must be delivered and they speak really fast, right? There's a lot of fine print when it comes to Medicare Advantage because this is private insurance. So a few things. Almost all of them are based on networks. They're PPOs or HMO. It's the exact same thing as private insurance before you reach Medicare age. But the big thing is also that your care can be denied. You can actually be denied care with a Medicare Advantage plan. So basically, there are situations where your out-of-pocket costs could be lower and maybe you get some bells and whistles. But if you become seriously sick or injured, then you're going to find that this Medicare Advantage plan should just be called an insurance plan and is not actually anything different than a private insurer. Amazing. Amazing fact. We are all being bombarded on television, radio, newspapers, mailers coming to our homes, everything about Medicare Advantage. And, and so I wanted to get Alex on and just clear up some of the understandings and misunderstandings and also taking your calls. Alex, before we go to the phones, any other major points that you want to make that should be spliced into this? Medigap itself can be confusing for people as well. Um, So first you have to choose traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage. And that question can be complex. But then if you choose traditional Medicare, you then probably do want to get and almost assuredly want to get Medigap, which is supplemental coverage, because traditional Medicare does have these holes in it, uh, as we talked about, drilled in to get votes from uh, people who are close to industry. And if you don't cover the gaps, then um, if you have a serious illness or injury, you can be facing, you know, bankrupting bills to cover it. Uh, and, And that's just, you know, another horrible hole in the system. So you choose the supplemental insurance policy. And so you've chosen traditional Medicare. Now you have to choose between uh, plans A and N, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N in Medigap, uh, except F is going away. So if you didn't follow that all, um, that's kind of the point. It's very confusing. And you have to do a lot of research into what each of these, po- these supplemental policies uh, cover. So um, that's another thing that I think we should we should talk about is that these gaps just should cease to exist. Like we have to help people where they are in the system right now. But the key here is that we need to improve Medicare. We need to get rid of the gaps. We need to add vision, add dental, add hearing, add long term care and then expand it to everybody in this country so that there's no more confusing bureaucracy. That's what Medicare for All does. Thank you, Alex. Let's pick up some phone calls here. Uh, Linda in Coconut Creek, Florida. Hey, Linda, you're on the air with Alex Lawson. 
My husband's going to be 64, and he's going to start collecting early. I'm waiting because I'm four years younger than him, and I'm waiting till I'm 67. Now, if one of us should die, can the other one clamp on to the higher amount? Can he drop, say I die, can he drop his and, uh, you know, and clamp on to mine? Or if he should die, can I use his temporarily to like, get to the age of 67? That's what I want to know. Uh, have you, so I don't want to dance around this one either, but it, there's some complicating factors in here. So I'm going to give you the basics, but you're going to want to dig a little bit more into this. First of all, have you been married for at least 10 years? 41. Perfect. So then you can claim on each other's files. Now, okay. how you can do that is where it gets a little bit tricky. So if somebody does die, then there are benefits. The baseline rule is generally the higher of the two. It's never additive. So it's never like both benefits together. When there is a claim on another file, it's the higher of the two. Then there are some specific things about like if you've ever been married before and just a few other things that come up that come into play. And I want to just give the advice that I think is the absolute best, which is that you should go to your Social Security office, if both of you can go to your Social Security office, and bring all of this information to a person working in the office and actually have them go through the numbers because they can bring up your files and actually see what's the best way to do this. Now, I want to say also there's so much attacks on Social Security funding right now that they might actually ask you to go to a computer terminal in the Social Security office if you do this and really ask them that you're not comfortable doing that. You would rather speak. Is with, that because so many people um, have been laid off worker. because of the budget cuts under the Republicans? Exactly, Tom. They actually attack Social Security by cutting the budget and they specifically focus on the frontline workers because they know that the frontline workers are the best resource that Social Security has for exact questions like this. This is a financial question with serious consequences. And you paid for not only your benefits, but for the service, the administration to receive those benefits. So make sure that you get what you paid for. And in this case, I would say that is sitting down with a, a representative and asking them uh, these questions. AARP also does have a benefits calculator that is, is very useful that you can use online if you're comfortable doing something like that. But I want to go back to one other thing you said. Delaying your benefits, especially if you and your husband can calculate together your retirement, uh, the cost you're going to take and the money that you're going to come in, because delaying your benefit as long as possible while drawing down on his benefit and other savings might be the best way to go. Each year you delay, your benefit increases. Michael in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Michael, what's up? Uh, Michael might have his phone muted or might be listening to something else. Let's try Ronald in Washington, D.C. I'm 68 years old. I'm still working, and I'm paying for A and B, and I'm also paying $70 a week for my employer's health insurance. Now, I want to resign, and I was hoping I could resign and phase myself $280 from the paying to my employer and get a Part C Medicare Advantage. But now you're saying that's horrible. But I'm confused with what to do. 
So it is Ronald. confusing, and that's part of the problem. But what you're going to want to look at is, so in your situation, you, you have Medicare Part A, Parts A and B, and then you have your employer's insurance is filling in some of the gaps. You want to retire, which right. removes your employer's insurance, your employee-sponsored insurance. Now you're facing the first setup of, should you stay with traditional Medicare and buy a supplemental insurance to fill the gaps, or should you switch to a Medicare Advantage or a Medicare Part C plan? And that is a choice that you're going to have to make. Now, the thing that Tom and I are, are talking about here is that under the hood, Medicare Advantage plans are just private insurance plans. So there are serious limitations and drawbacks to that, primarily for higher cost people, people or those who travel a lot. There's a few other situations, but basically, if you have medical costs, the traditional Medicare is probably going to suit you better because you can go to any doctor that accepts Medicare. And that includes specialists. That includes, right, you're not limited by a private company saying this doctor's in network, this doctor's out of network. Traditional Medicare is basically, if you get sick, you get the care that you need. Uh, and there's no, you know, middleman, no bureaucratic middleman, no insurance middleman telling you yes or no. But you do have to evaluate it based on your current health and, you know, where you think you will be, what, what your health. So if you're younger and healthier, Medicare Advantage program even though if you got sick or if you had an, you know, an injury or something like that, you know, they might kick you off or deny care and things like that. But, but basically, if you're in really good physical uh, you know, health and you're in your 60s, you know, young retired person, that may not be a terrible thing. But as you get into your 70s and 80s, the Medicare Advantage companies are going to start denying more and more things. Is that what you're saying, Alex? That is what I'm saying. And, and as your care becomes more complex, as as we all age, that happens. You might bump up against the limitations of a Medicare Advantage plan. It works pretty well, like private insurance in general, when you don't need it very much. If you need it a lot, that's when it starts breaking down. So that's the true difference between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage is that Medicare Advantage is trying to limit the amount of care that you get. And traditional Medicare is based on need. If you need care, you get that care. Um, but it is a decision that you need to make based on your current health status and your health outlook. Right. And some of these Medicare Advantage programs are saying it can be even free. And that's pretty seductive stuff, too. So anyhow, Absolutely. Rhonda in Fenton, Michigan, you have a question for Alex? I just want to thank Alex for being on the show and telling people, you know, really what's up. Because these Advantage companies, when they call you, they're very deceptive. They're trying to trick you into doing something against your best interest. They're not real good on giving information. Well, these are commissioned salespeople. Yes. Well, how to get rid of them off the phone have them, and how to make them not call back again. Okay. And what can you do with the mountain of mail aside from return to sender? Yeah, or use it to start Alex? a fire uh, in the fireplace. Uh, Rhonda, thank you for the call. Alex? Those are two very good questions that, unfortunately, the answer is not going to be satisfactory. There's very little you can do. Um, you can ask to be taken off mailing lists. You can return to sender. Um, you can, you know, put on do not call list. 
use your caller ID to screen your calls. But um, I, I used to go over to my godparents, uh, my wife's godparents' house, Nick and Nina, and we would just sort through mountains of mail um, trying to get through, you know, what is actually about their Medicare and what are um, ads and, you know, uh, enticements to Medicare Advantage, because they actually make them look the same now. I mean, they use all sorts of uh, deceptive marketing practices. And until we crack down on that, there's very little you can do other than being a savvy consumer. I do want to say, unfortunately, Trump's all the things that he's doing are opening that up to more abusive practices. They want to allow the Medicare Advantage plans to do more to try to entice people, bringing them in and sort of tricking them into getting into a plan, hiding the actual details in the fine print. The horrible part of private insurance is that they take our premiums and deny our care. That's how they make money. But the annoying part of that is they hide it in this complex bureaucracy of fine print. Yeah. Michelle, you're on the air with Alex. I'm in my mid-70s, and I'm on Medicare Advantage. And for a long time, I thought I was getting a good deal because all I paid was what they would take out of just my Medicare payment. Part of it would go to them. But now I have to pay an additional monthly premium to be on this Medicare Advantage plan. And when I, you know, complained about it, they kind of didn't mince any words. They told me uh, I could do very well just go find another plan. So as so, you get older, it, they start encouraging you to drop the plans. They want the younger, healthier people. Yeah, I mean, I've had like good health numbers. And now in my mid 70s, I'm starting to have a few cardiac issues. And they've denied three times already when my doctor has wanted me to have a certain cardiac study and they did, they've just flat out denied it. And, uh, but it's just that they don't really, the plan I'm on, they don't mince any words. They just kind of say, well, there are other plans. Why don't you go find one? Yeah. Do, do you mind so, saying what um, company that's through Michelle? Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Mexico. Fascinating. Michelle, thank you for the call. Alex, I've heard from other people saying that uh, a woman called and said that she called her doctor because uh, she needed to go in and she was on Medicare. And he said, don't even come into the office for three weeks because I'm going to have to request approval for the procedure. And she said, I'm not on Medicare Advantage. I'm on regular Medicare. And he was like, oh, well, in that case, you can come in tomorrow because Medicare never hassles right. us about payment. Medicare Advantage constantly turn people down. I don't think most people realize that Medicare Advantage programs can actually deny you care. I'd just like to say thank you to Michelle because that story that Michelle just told is what I would run as an ad for traditional Medicare. As you can tell, Tom, when it comes to people's health, I really do lean into you really have to look into what works best for you. And you've heard me say that so many times. But the reality is that what that company is doing to Michelle, that's what everyone can expect with a Medicare Advantage plan because it's a private insurance uh, product. And so what they want is they want the youngest and the healthiest people who are going to pay their premiums uh, and never need care. And then as we get older and we inevitably need more care, what the plans are going to do is because they can change it right every year. That's also the problem. Uh, they can change it. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, it used to just 
come out of your Social Security and it would pay. And, you know, it seemed like it was a good thing. And then, you know, you had a cardiac incident and now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, you need to pay a little bit more each month and a little bit more each month. And now you need these prior authorizations. Oh, and that doctor that you actually have been going to for years and has been in the network, that doctor is now out of the network. These are all tactics to actually get you to drop the plan so that they can shuffle you somewhere else, uh, including traditional Medicare, so that they don't have to pick up the cost of providing care because they only make money by taking premiums and denying care. That's what we have when we have private insurance. And that's what Medicare Advantage is, is private insurance. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Alex Lawson with us. SocialSecurityWorks.org is the website. Colleen in Long Island, New York, you are on the air with Alex Lawson. I have been hearing information that I know Alex can confirm very easily. I've heard if you get off of regular, if you're on regular Medicare and you get lulled into this, seduced into one of these advantage programs, and now they want to get rid of you because you're in your 80s and things are changing, that it's very difficult to get back on regular Medicare. Is that true or not? That's a great question. Um, it is a, it is a great question. It is, um, I mean, you have to sort of define, um, very difficult, but it is possible and in many cases necessary. So the pro there is a process, um, and you have to go through it. I'm, do you have to wait until November 1st for the open enrollment period before you can reapply for regular Medicare? In uh, many situations, uh, correct, except as in most insurance product with a um, uh, not action forcing event, but uh, an event that actually changes the insurance policy could change that as well. Um, so can be difficult. Let's take it the example of the caller before this caller. Suddenly her heart is starting to act up, so she's becoming more expensive for her Medicare Advantage provider. So they're starting to deny her service. They're saying, no, your doctor wants you to have a, you know, a cardiac check, but we're not going to pay for it. And so at that point, she goes to Medicare, and let's say it's in June, and she goes to Medicare and says, I want to dump this Medicare Advantage program. Please give me Medicare. They would say no, wouldn't they? They would say, wait until November, wait until the open enrollment period. You can't change just because you just because they're starting to screw you. They would have to actually change or go out of business or change your policy consequentially. Sort of. And I wish it was. But what they would say, uh, first of all, you just have to call the 800 number, 1-800-MEDICARE. And then depends on, um, you know, what. Michelle's call sounded like a sort of situation where uh, medically necessary things were being denied. And so there would be a case to be made that to receive the medically necessary care. It's a process uh, is what I'm saying. And, mm -hmm. and if you feel like you should you should be switching to traditional Medicare, you should start the process. You should look into it and start that process now because depending on your individual circumstance, it could take a while. You could have to wait. There could be some paperwork. And then Depending on some of the choices that you made, there could be uh, there could be questions of how much things cost, which pieces of the old plan. I sort of uh, shy away from trying to say it's extremely difficult or it's extremely easy because it really is on a case by case basis. Um, right. But just remembering that we paid for our Medicare, that it is an earned benefit. 
um, that it's ours, um, and people can't deny us that. There are rules, but if you feel that you should be on traditional Medicare and need to make that switch or a family member needs to make that switch, begin the process and don't give up because... Medicare is out. We pay into the system through our working lives, and it's there for us when we want it. There you go. Ronald in Chicago. Hey, Ronald, you're on the air with Alex. I have a Medicare Advantage plan. I used to be on straight Medicare. I'm 78 years old. But with my plan, I have Medicare Advantage, and I also have Medicaid. I have both of them. And with the Medicaid, I'm, I'm, I'm able to... To uh, not to pay copays or anything else. Now, I, my prescriptions are virtually free because I qualify for subsidies from my state. What do, What do you say about that, uh, Ronald? Thanks so much for your, your call. Um, I think that in the situation that you're talking about, which is uh, in you know the policy lingo called the dual eligible qualifying for both Medicare and for Medicaid. And in your specific situation, you're saying Medicare Advantage and Medicaid. You have two programs, and then you're also uh, saying there are some state subsidies that help with either premiums on Part D or some other situation with prescription drugs. Um, if that system is working for you, that's, that's great. Um, we want people to be able to get all the care that they need and to, including prescription drugs. If there is a gap in that coverage, then you are going to want to talk to um, probably a case manager, which generally is possible with Medicaid. Uh, but Medicaid and Medicare together um, do can cover a lot of uh, needs that people have. It is quite complicated, which is why often there is a case manager involved um, to just sort of wade through where does one system uh, pay in uh, versus the other. Again, just noting that the complexity in the system is one of the uh, strongest reasons to uh, Alex, we just have we have 10 seconds Medicare. left. If, if, if Bernie or Elizabeth Warren get in and we have Medicare for all, how does that affect Medicare recipients? The key is with Medicare for all, all the complexity goes away. It's simple. We add vision, we add dental, we add hearing, we add long-term care. If you get sick, you get the care that you need, including the prescription drugs that you need. We no longer have to spend an hour going through all the various systems to try to figure it out. No it's more questions. And it's a system that makes sense. There you go. Exactly, Alex, Tom. Alex Lawson, socialsecurityworks.org is the website. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Tom. Great talking with you. Mary in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hey, Mary, what's on your mind today? Thanks for watching Free Speech TV. Yes, hi, Tom. I have a couple questions on the Medicare for All. I'm 65, and I have my Medicare, and I pay $134 a month for my Part B. Now, when it's Medicare for All, does that mean that goes away? Or does everybody pay in? Well, it's all negotiable. I mean, everybody's paying in out of their payroll tax right now. But, for example, the way that it works in Canada, it varies from province to province because their program is administered by the individual provinces. And then there's this umbrella, you know, a national umbrella that kind of helps mm -hmm. run the thing. But the rates vary from province to province. But basically, you know, you pay 100 or 150 bucks a month for your, for your Medicare, just like you and I okay. pay for our Medicare Part B. And then everything's paid for. 
you know, end of discussion. It's just that simple. So, yeah, and, 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 and just like with Canada, the, most of the proposals are that, you know, a good chunk of the funding is going to come out of general tax revenue or out of payroll-specific taxes. But then also everybody so then, pays, pays a small amount every month for their own health insurance. So everybody, yes. not just those that can afford it, That's everybody. Correct. Well, you, you, the, the way it works in Canada, and, I'm, and, and, and uh, Bernie's plan does the same thing, and, and we'll see with what Elizabeth Warren comes up with, but um, I can't imagine that it wouldn't also do the same thing, uh, is that there is means testing on that. In other words, if, if you are... Let's say it's $100 a month is the average rate, okay? If you're in poverty, that $100 a month might go down to zero or, you know, or down to something closer to zero, $10 a month, $30 a month, $50 a month, depending okay. on how much what your income is. Um, the goal is to make sure that everybody's covered and, and, and perhaps there would be a, a point above the, the average, like there is with Medicare right now. If you make a half a million bucks a year or more on Medicare, you, you're, you end up paying five, 600 bucks a month for that Part B that other people are paying, you know, 200 bucks a month for 150 bucks a month. So okay. that's how and it then works. Then I have a question on reimbursements. Sure. Being a medical biller for mm -hmm. over 16 years, I got to see what Medicare paid my doctors mm -hmm. versus what like Anthem did. If we had to rely on just what Medicare reimbursement, we wouldn't have made it. Sure. Because the reimbursements did, would not cover leases and buying equipment. It wouldn't cover anything. Right. And then another concern that I have well, Can is I address that? With, oh, certainly. I'm sorry. Right, right now, uh, between 20 and 30% of all of our healthcare dollars that run through the insurance companies are being sucked up by paying dividends to shareholders, paying multi-million dollar salaries to executives, you know, buying them new homes in Switzerland, literally, things like that. And the overhead for Medicare is 2%. The overhead for most of your for-profit companies is between 20 and 35%. So once we get that overhead down to 2%, that, that's a, that frees up a mind-boggling amount of cash that can be used to appropriately compensate doctors and hospitals. Yeah. Uh, with the emphasis on can. Yes. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is that if you have a national system and you're not paying doctors enough that they can make a living, you're going to see a physician strike. And, you know, you're, uh, yeah. you're going to have and to pay I'm it. I'm concerned that people are not going to want to go into that industry and be doctors, which would result well, that's, in that, that is not what happens and, in other uh, countries. When I lived in Germany, one of my best friends was a doctor. He made a, the equivalent of maybe 150000 a year, as most doctors in Germany do. And he was like, you know, I went into medicine for medicine. I didn't go into it to get rich. So if we get people out of medicine who just went into it to get rich, I'm happy with that. Mary, thanks for the call. Bloomberg reports there's an increasing number of people concerned about their wealth due to the fear we may be entering a larger economic crisis than 2008. If you've been paying attention, you know the Dow recently had its sixth largest point loss in history, and the stock market continues to show extreme volatility. Meanwhile, central bank gold purchases have risen to a six-decade high, sending gold prices higher. CNBC and the World Gold Council reports Russia and China are swapping out U.S. dollars from their own portfolios, investing in safer, more liquid assets like gold. And what makes things even more suspicious, the U.S. Federal Reserve reportedly holds the most gold of all central banks. What's everyone getting ready for? If you share the gut feeling that something is soon to go south with the global economy, call my friends at ITM Trading at one own gold Proper gold and silver strategy will help secure your entire wealth portfolio. Call ITM Trading at one own gold 
gold. Ask them for their free gold protection guide and secure your wealth while you still can. That's 1-888-OWNGOLD. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Jonathan in Portland. Hey, Jonathan, what's on your mind? A conservative libertarian think tank called the Fraser Institute, and it's funded by the tobacco industry, saying how 60,000 Canadians were leaving Canada to seek health care in the U.S. It's a complete lie. It's put out by, and they've been putting out information, <clears throat> for instance, defending tobacco and poo-pooing the idea that it causes cancer. So the fact that a doctor is citing the Fraser Institute is pretty frightening. Yeah. There is a published peer-reviewed study it's called Phantoms in the Snow. It was published in Health Affairs in, well, it's not too long ago, uh, June of 2002. And it says exactly the opposite. Uh, it's a very well done study. And there's an expert in the field named Jeremy Snyder, who's a professor at health sciences at Simon Fraser University in Canada, who can refute all of that. Yeah, in that study, they surveyed 136 uh, ambulatory care facilities in Michigan, New York, and Washington State, places that have borders with Canada. 80% of such facilities saw, on average, fewer than one Canadian per month. 40% had seen none in the preceding year. Right. Then the researchers <laughs> looked at how Canadians were discharged over a five-year period from acute care hospitals in the same three states. They found that more than 80% of those hospital visits, that is where Canadians actually went to an American hospital, were for emergency or urgent care. That is, they were tourists who had to go to the emergency room. Only 20% of the visits were for elective procedures or care. And, right. you know, and, and very likely the Canadian government paid for their emergency procedures. Yeah. Yeah. They also debunked this. Uh, the doctors are leaving Canada. There's another, there's a fascinating study on this. This is actually, somebody sent this to me yesterday, uh, aarp.org, <laughs> five myths about Canadian healthcare. And it's actually a very pro single payer piece, which is surprising for AARP since they make so much of their money selling Medicare Advantage. But the, the, the hip replacement thing. Todd Aitken from Missouri a couple of years ago on the, got, took to the floor of the house and he says, I just hit 62 and I was just realizing that in Canada, if I had a bad hip, I wouldn't be able to get that hip replaced because I'm too old. I'm an old geezer now and not worth a government bureaucrat to pay to get my hip fixed, which is just a complete lie. So the St. Louis Post-Dispatch looked into it and said, and I quote, at least 63% of hip replacements performed in Canada last year were on patients age 65 or over, and more than 1,500 of those, it turned out, were on patients over 85 or older. In other words, Canada doesn't deny hip replacements to older people. Oh, and by the way, in the United States, who gets the most hip replacements? Older people. Who pays for it? Medicare. What's Medicare? A single-payer system. So. Well, and I just, I just want to say, you know, <clears throat> like I've lived in Sweden for a long time. And one of the things they brag about is if someone's very sick, like if they have cancer, they send them to the United States. They pay for it, you know, because they think they have a treatment that's superior. They just send them to where they think the best treatment is. Right. If there's some sort we of... We don't do that. Yeah, novel or experimental thing or what. You no, say I'm you're not on talking even about novel or experimental. I'm just talking yeah. about, you know, mainstream stuff. Yeah. I think the one thing to think about, and this has nothing to do with insurance per se, but you're probably familiar with the study that Barbara Starfield came out in 2010, published in JAMA that, or it was in 2000, I think, published in JAMA that talked about iatrogenic deaths. So these were like at Doctor least 100,000, yeah. right, people dying every year due to prescription drugs just prescribed in hospitals. Mm. So that's the other side of the coin is that once we start getting health care paid for, then we got to start talking about you know, dealing with the idea that some of these interventions can be harming us. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good stuff. Jonathan, thank you. Appreciate the call. Bob in Bridgeport, Connecticut, listening on WBAI. Hey, Bob, what's up? Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Okay. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, one thing real quickly, uh, the gal that called in the vet, the health care system in the United States, I thought that Congress has the golden health care package of all health care packages for years, and they and their families are covered for life, no out-of-pocket, no out-of-network. And a simple executive order from any president, whereby at the end of the year, Congress has to come up with a health care plan for the country at large, or they have no health care. Congress and, health, and the civilian population have the same exact health care. Actually, right now, one of the things that was required by the Republicans to allow Obamacare out of committee was that every member of Congress has to be on Obamacare. They are literally the only group in the United States that is mandated by law to have Obamacare. But every member of the House and Senate right now has Obamacare as their health insurance. Okay, so they did change that. They did. And that came into effect with the Affordable Care Act in whatever year that was, 2011 or whatever the year was. In fact, Mark Pocan made that point on this program. I would hope that more of them would start supporting single-payer health care, something like that. Thank you for the call, Bob. Tim in South Bend, Indiana. Hey, Tim, what's up? I'm considered to say I'm on disability but have absolutely no insurance because I was kicked off the state insurance, which was Medicare, or I'm sorry, Medicaid, mm -hmm. uh, months ago. So, so anyway, I called the Medicare office itself direct and said I wanted the, the Part A and Part B, and I mentioned to them that I knew that there was that, that Part was it Part D is, is, is your pharmaceutical drugs, but it, it still has the donut hole. Right. And so I told them, I said I wasn't happy with that, but I did want to stick with Medicare, period, right. based upon what you folks had said. Right. You should get Part D, well, too, because it'll pay for some of your drugs. And, but when, when things finally finished up after three hours, he said, I got just the thing for you. It's so perfect. And it'll give you dental vision and uh, no hearing, but it'll, it'll cover. Oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, and, but it was an Aetna PPO, which is a Medicare Advantage. Right. Were you, are you sure you were calling Medicare and, and that you weren't like, I mean, I see ads on TV, call the Medicare hotline or helpline or whatever, the, you know, and it's not actually the Medicare, you know, it's not the government agency. It's, it's a company that's selling Medicare Advantage plans and they're making you think no, it's I'm, Medicare? No, I'm positive it was the Medicare because huh. I took it off my Medicare health insurance card. Wow. I mean, it was direct off the card and, right. and, um, and then he also gave me, I asked him, you know, about Medigap policies, and he actually gave me three companies, and he said, you want to get on the Plan F, and he said, but you have to call them direct, I can't help you here. Right, and that's true. And he, he, then, he then said, you know, talk to them, and he says, do it, get the Plan F right away, because it, it's not available after January 1st of 2020. That's, that's correct. But he said, you will be, you know, grandfathered, I'd be grandfathered in, and I could always renew it. Right, once you've got F. And F has zero deductible. Now, F has been replaced by, I, I think it's like E or something that's got like a small deductible, like 150 bucks a year, but it's $150 a year less expensive. So it's kind of a difference without a distinction or whatever the phrase is. But in Which any one case, was that? You said E? 
You said I, it, E? I did, but don't take my word for it. I, I, oh. I, I don't remember. You can look at a list of the plans. Fact of the matter is that Medicare Advantage is called Medicare Part C, and it is promoted by Medicare. I mean, you know, the, 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 the way that the, they wrote the laws back, you know, in 2005 when the Bush administration did this was to kind of seamlessly integrate it with Medicare. Though, of course, they're being paid out of Medicare funds. And when you get your Medicare and you book uh, every year, it's got all those plans for your particular state in it. And, uh, you know, I would refer you to that book. But that's that's interesting. Tim, I got to move along. But thank you for the call. That's a that's That was a fascinating one. Mark in Woodstock, New York. Hey, Mark, what's up? I'm a parent of a daughter with severe, an adult daughter with severe autism, and I'm concerned about nobody ever mentions politicians or anything mentioned, people with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. And the people that work with my daughter are making like 12, 30 an hour. They're doing life and death work to work with people with disabilities. I mean, my daughter lives in a group home with five other women, and all of them require complete help with all aspects of their life. And no politicians ever mention anything about people with disabilities. Right. And the and reason why is because it's not a large enough voting block that any politician really cares. The only politicians okay, who, who care about disabled people are, are politicians who are doing it out of, out of ethics and morality rather than uh, pure partisan interest. So the bottom line here, Mark, is you're calling for more politicians to pay attention to this issue and start doing the right thing for people with disabilities. Exactly. And okay. the people who work with people with disabilities. Yeah, got it. Well said. And and uh, and hopefully your message gets heard. Mark, thank you for listening on WIOF and thanks for the call. Linda in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, Linda, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to chime in on your discussion a little while ago about the Medicare supplement. Mm -hmm. Go for okay. it. Okay. The one that is replacing Plan F. Right. I got Plan G, which... Okay covers everything that F covers except the $185 Medicare Part B deductible. Okay, so so, so G is the one that replaces F, not E. I you know, I I, 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 I yeah, I was unsure, uh, but G that makes perfect sense. Thank you for that, Linda. Thank you. Well, what I might also say is that people should really look at G instead of F if they're on F because in my city to get the F plan, it costs $50 a month more than the G plan. So you actually so save money with the G plan. $100 a year to cover 185 Yeah, there you go. With the G plan, you're actually saving money, even though you're having a small yeah. deductible. Yeah, makes sense. Right. I paid that 185 in January, and then the rest of the year, nothing. Yeah. Okay, so check it out. So. Linda, thank you for the heads up on that. I really appreciate it. I'm telling you, we have the, I've got the smartest listeners of any radio show on earth, and I so appreciate your calling in. Linda, thank you. Steve in Topanga, California. Hey, Steve, what's up? I had a valve job. I had the best care ever when I lived in Hawaii. Unbelievable. I went to Queens Medical Center, and it was like going to a hotel. I had my, especially my surgeon was, all he did is valve jobs, and, and you know, it mm -hmm. took a long recovery. But whatever they do in Hawaii, I mean, I was, it was after 08, and my business crashed. I was just pretty much out of it. Anyway. Right. That's Hawaii was one of the first states to have the state equivalent of something like Obamacare. Hawaii, I think at the time the Obamacare was passed, was the only state in the union that had no people who had no health insurance. Everybody in it Hawaii is pretty amazing. Covered. Yeah. Pretty amazing. It's a very progressive and, and state. They, because of them. So, yeah. anyway, Tom, great show. Thank you, Steve. Just, let's get tough. 
As a believer in natural medicine, I'm one to shy away from surgery, especially cosmetic procedures. And let's face it, you know, I'm human and want to look good. And decades of hard work and long life have left its mark. And I found a product that not only works but meets my non-invasive criteria. It's called Plexiderm. It's derived from shale rock and visibly reduces under-eye bags, wrinkles, and crow's feet in minutes. No knives, no needles, only naturally derived ingredients. Don't believe it? I didn't either until I tried, and now I don't let my skin give away my age. Within minutes, I was looking like my younger self again. Best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will know you're using it unless you tell them, and the effects can last for hours. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code TOM, T-H-O-M, for 50% off plus an additional 10 bucks off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't be a victim of your skin any longer. Visit Triplexiderm and use the code TOM, T-H-O-M, at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292. Greg in Webster, South Dakota. Hey, Greg, what's up? In regard to Medicare for All, the doctors, if they weren't saddled with millions of dollars in student loans, wouldn't have to make as much money in order to live the same life. That's an excellent point. Uh, I, I, I have a friend who graduated from medical school maybe a decade ago with like 280000 I think, in debt. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. When they mention other countries, they always cherry pick things yeah. the conservatives do. Yeah. If you look holistically at the system in liberal countries where people are always more happy, the average citizen, doctors are not starving to death. There's no shortage of doctors. That's correct. That's correct. That's absolutely right. And as I said to the caller earlier who was concerned about, you know, well, what if doctors don't get paid enough by this Medicare for All system? I would really be enthusiastic about a system that flushes out of the system the doctors who are just in it for the profit. I had surgery from a doctor that I know for a fact just went into it for the profit because he told me that. And he told me how he picked the specialty that he was, where he knew that he was going to make at least $2 million a year. And he screwed up my surgery. And if, if we could flush out of this, and, and I nearly died as a result of it, if we could flush out of the system the doctors who went who went into medical school because they wanted to make millions of dollars and replaced them with doctors who went into medical school because they really love the idea of healing people and they want to have a good upper middle class life, I think that would be a better thing for the United States. Bruce in Cleveland, Ohio, listening to WGRN. Hey, Bruce, what's up? Um, I listened very closely to your interview with Alex Lawson, mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring in some points that didn't, one point did not come up, and that is medical providers can pull out of an Advantage plan at any time. And we saw that happen big time. I'm actually from Columbus. In Columbus in 2017, the Ohio Health System, which is a conglomerate of doc, uh, doctors' practices and two or three hospitals, pulled out in mass from an Advantage plan. So you can oh, really? sign up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they pulled out in mass. Now, they can, they can pull out of Medicare, too, though, can't they? Can't they just say we're not going to take Medicare patients anymore? They, they could, but they're far less likely to. Right. Because they're not... I don't know why they pulled out, but I suspect it was because the Anthem plan was not giving them the prices they wanted or was screwing them. In a or way or was probably it was, I mean, we've, we had several callers who pointed out that they were on Medicare Advantage plans, which, which, of course, is privatized private health insurance 
sold under right. the Medicare label, but it's not real Medicare. It's actual private health insurance. And several of these people said that, you know, they needed a procedure or they needed approval. Yeah. And their doctors had right. to jump through all these hoops to get approval from their health insurance companies. Whereas with Medicare, you don't need to do that. I mean, Medicare, basically, they, they have this schedule. They say, here's what we approve. Here's what we, you know, and you take it or leave it. And doctors do it. And right. it works. So, right. yeah. Well, another point I wanted to make, a question came out that our Medicare Advantage plan was advertising you could go to any doctor you want mm -hmm. because things you said i've been reading the medicare and you 2020 manual turns out there's five different kinds of advantage plans hmos where you go to their doctors you pay nothing you go out of network you pay everything ppos and pfs's you go to their preferred providers they cover it or they cover most of it you go to a non-preferred provider they pay that doctor either what they pay the preferred provider or a lower percentage, and then you pay whatever the difference is out of your own pocket. Right. So yeah. yeah. No, it's just like in, it's just like in the in the private health insurance market, and it's enormously profitable. It's it's you know it's it's why the CEO of of United Healthcare made over a billion dollars because you know they they had this deal with AARP and and they sell these policies. So anyhow, Bruce, I, I need to move along. Thank you for the call, Jordan in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hey, Jordan, what's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to talk about uh, kind of our healthcare system here. I've heard you talk about it a lot and just give a, a little bit more perspective on it since this is the birthplace of uh, Go for Canada's it. national healthcare system. Um, the one thing I would say in Saskatchewan, it may vary with some of the provinces, but we actually pay nothing. So I don't pay from the moment someone's born to the moment they die. You don't pay a penny out of your own pocket. Really? There's no premium at all? Oh, that's interesting. No premium whatsoever. I know there is in some of the Everything provinces. I've had people call from other provinces. In BC, for example, we had, uh, we've had several people call from BC and say that they have to pay a monthly fee. Small, I believe it might be the case in Alberta as well, but here it's 100% it's nothing. So it all comes through our sales tax and our, a small percentage out of income tax, but the majority of it comes out of uh, provincial sa or sales tax we have. Huh. How much is your sales and tax? I would say, uh, so right now our provincial sales tax is 6%. Fascinating. Okay. So it's a six percent tax on virtually all goods purchased. Right. The one thing I would say, I heard you know a lot of people talk about, well, you know, doctors get paid less or there's longer wait times. Mm -hmm. um, just from experience, like my wife is a perioperative nurse, and a lot of nurses I know, you know, in that system they range between eighty thousand to one hundred twenty thousand a year, which I think is a fairly competitive rate for. That's, that's what we nurses know, make in the United, you know, at the top of the food chain of nursing. That's what they make here in the United States. And then doctors-wise, I mean, we know a lot of doctors since my wife works with them. And, I mean, we know doctors that make, I would say, averaging, like, low-end family doctor would be 250-plus, whereas we know surgeons who bank anywhere from 2 to $4 million a year. Wow. So it's, uh, like, the I don't see a large difference. And then one of the other benefits we have is it's a system where everyone's equal, right? So mm -hmm. regardless of your financial wealth, everyone gets the exact same care. So essentially, if someone who was a millionaire went to the hospital, someone who you know made 20000 a year, there is no ability for that person who's a millionaire to get health care services prior to the person with less income. It's right. everyone's equal. It doesn't matter who where you are, what your place in this world is. It's you show up at a hospital, you're in the exact same waiting line unless they you know leave Canada to... Well, and you can understand where that would offend some of these wealthy right-wingers. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. I've got to right have here. a bed yes. with the rabble. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then when it comes to wait times as well, like mm -hmm. if it's an emergency, it's instantaneous. 
if it's something that has low importance, like say you need a meniscus surgery on your knee, maybe you're waiting four, five months. But again, it's the very which is about what it is in the United States generally. I would think. I mean, it depends on where you live. A friend of mine had to wait a year and a half in New York City for back surgery. It was non non emergency, but it was you know. Yeah, and here, it, it, same type of weights. If it's non-emergency, I mean, it, it all goes into, you know, a lineup, right, of first come, first serve, essentially, but sure. and all based on priority, right? If it's the more it's needed, the more you need it. It's the same if you go to an emergency room. You know, if you go in there needing stitches on your arm versus, um, you know, if you're having a heart attack, of course, the heart attack instantaneously gets brought in where sure. the person needing stitches may wait a few extra hours. Yeah, that this is uh, that's a normal part of, you know, triage or whatever it's called in ERs. So, Jordan, we just have a few seconds left. Do you know anybody who is saying, hey, we hate our Medicare? We want to go back to, to private health insurance? I don't know of anyone who doesn't like their, their health insurance. I mean, you get the odd person who complains about the odd wait time, but for the most part, I mean, we all talk about how much fortunate we are to have our system as opposed to yours. Uh-huh. Good. Jordan, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us, and thank you for taking the time to call in. I appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport, and we need to spread the word about good progressive news sources, as it were. Let your friends know about this program, and however you're hearing this program, odds are there's a whole lot of other great progressive programming there, too. So spread the word, please. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.